Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with The Obvious Fool, as we pick up in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. When we were little kids, you know, we, we would make up our clubs with our secret oaths and our initiations and our passwords and, you know, the whole thing. And we were, you know, had our own little mafias and, and secret organizations and, you know, blood, man, and just, uh, you know, we were brothers and, and this whole thing. Well, that's great when you're a little boy and living in a world of unreal fantasies. But when you grow up and you still get into these secret clubs and you have your secret passwords and your secret handshakes and your you know, special little robes and clothes and hats, and hey, you're, you're, you just haven't grown up and that's your problem. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child and acted as a child. But when I was old, I put away the child's thing. When you get old, it's time to put those things away. But some people just don't grow up. And thus, they are exposing themselves. Now, a wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his left. Now, I don't know that there's any scientific, um, I, I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> yea, also, when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him. And he saith to everyone that he is a fool. I mean, you're, you're, when you're a fool, you just, you know, it's obvious that you express it. If the spirit of a ruler rises up against thee, leave not thy place, for yielding will pacify great offenses. Oh, how much better it is to yield a point than to, you know, hang on and and all. If we would only learn just to yield a point, it can pacify great offenses. It can stop, you know, big arguments. It can actually save your life at times. There's some really nuts out there in the world. And a lot of people have been killed by insisting on their right-of-ways. No, I'm not going to move. It's my right-of-way, you know. (laughs) And you can insist on your right-of-way, but get wiped out. So yielding can pacify great offenses. Give in to the point. What difference does it make? Whether there were five or six fish in that basket. You know, you can get in the biggest arguments over some stupid thing like that. Get angry. Get, you know, where you don't speak for a day or two because there's five. No, there were six. No, five, you know. <laughs> well, maybe there were five. You know, yield it. Why are you? Well, it's dumb to just argue over things like that. Yielding can pacify great offenses. Good advice. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun as an error which proceeds from the ruler. Folly is set in great dignity, and the rich sit in a low place. I have seen servants upon horses, 
and princes walking as servants upon the earth. You know, there seems to be oftentimes inconsistencies. He that digs a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaks a hedge, the serpent will bite him. They used to hedge about to keep the serpents out. You break the hedge, serpent will bite you. You dig a pit, you'll fall into it. These are just sort of proverbs. Whoso removes the stone shall be hurt therewith, and he that cleaveth wood shall be endangered thereby. If the iron be blunt, and he do not sharpen the edge, then must he put in more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. So figure it out, man. If you're trying to chop wood with a dull iron, a dull hatchet or a dull axe, it's going to take more strength. Sharpening takes less strength. This makes sense. Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. <laughs> He'll bite too. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is mischievous madness. A fool also is full of words. A man cannot tell what shall be and what shall be after him. Who can tell him? We don't know the future. People talk so confidently of the future and all. You don't know what's going to be after you. You don't know what the future holds. The labor of the foolish wearieth every one of them because he knows not how to go to the city. Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child and thy princes eat in the morning. That means they were drunk all night, so they eat in the morning. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles, and thy princes eat in the due season for strength and not for drunkenness. By much slothfulness the building decayeth. Now you that are managers of buildings and so forth, you might choose that to put above the time clocks for the maintenance men. And through idleness of the hands, the house droppeth through. A feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry, but money answers all things. Now, my wife believes that this is a scriptural truth. <laughs> but I was trying to tell you, this is Solomon, and he's talking about worldly wisdom. And it's amazing how that the world thinks that money is a cure-all. Money will answer everything. Curse not the king. No, not even in your thoughts. And curse not the rich in your bedroom. For a little bird of the air will carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. It's amazing how, you know, you say something about someone to a person in confidence thinking that that's, you know, won't go any further, but it's amazing how many times it'll get right back to the person and then you have the phone call and say, did you say, you know, what did you mean when you said? And, oh, so better not to. Little birds. <laughs> that's where they got the phrase, a little bird told me. <laughs> Came from this. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. 
Give a portion to seven and also to eight. For you don't know what evil are going to, shall be upon the earth. You don't know when you're going to be in trouble. So, you know, be generous. Give out a portion to seven people or eight people because there might be a time when you're going to be needing a handout yourself. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls towards the south or towards the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall be. He that observes the wind will not sow, and he that regards the clouds will not reap. As you know, not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so you know not the works of God who makes all. Things that we just don't understand, how the bones grow in the womb, the way of the Spirit. Jesus said, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but you cannot tell from whence it is coming or where it is going. So is he that is born of the Spirit. So we don't know the works of God who makes all. In the morning sow your seed. In the evening withhold not your hand. For you know not whether it shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Truly the light is sweet, and the pleasant thing is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is emptiness. You may live a lot of years, but remember you're going you know, to be dead longer than you're alive. I mean, so you live to be 105, but uh, those that uh, back in... You know, the year 547 lived up to 680 even. You know, they've been dead a long time. And that's what he's saying. You might see the light for many years, but you're going to see the darkness longer. But again, that's life under the sun. Rejoice, young man, in thy youth. Let your heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. Poor advice. But know thou that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Now do what you want, but just remember, God's going to judge you. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart, put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Too soon old, too late smart. You know, someone said it's a, it's a shame that Youth has to be wasted on the young. You know, you think now, though, if you could only go back to your youth with the advantage of all of your experience and, and advantage of life now, man, what you could do, you know, if you were just a teenager again, back in high school with all of your knowledge and understanding at this point. I think of all of the wasted time that I had. I think of all of the opportunities that I had to learn and I didn't take full advantage of them. It was a crazy thing, but I really didn't decide to learn until I got into college. And then even at that point, I looked back to my high school years and I thought, oh, how ridiculous that I bragged that I never took a book home from school through high school. What a stupid boast. Oh, of course I got my grades for college, but yet I could have learned so much more. I wasted my youth 
in many ways. But what can you do? You can't go back. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. It's interesting that most conversions are made during the teenage years. Seven-eighths of every decision for Jesus Christ is made while in your teenage years. That's why it's an important injunction. Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when you shall say, I have no pleasure in them. Don't wait till you get old to serve the Lord, to give your life to Jesus Christ. Commit your life while you're young. Before those evil days come and you say, oh man, life is, you know, no more pleasure. And so we have now an interesting sort of graphic description of the aged person. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened or the clouds return after the rain. As, as you get older, you start putting stronger light bulbs in the sockets. Uh, my first awareness of my need for glasses is when the light wasn't bright enough and I had to get a brighter light in order to read. And uh, somehow the lights go dimmer. The, as you get older, your, the muscles of your eyes don't contract as they should in, in the adjustment of the pupil and all. And, and so you need more light in order to read. So remember... You see, I'm on the other end of the stick now. When the years draw nigh. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. That's when you begin to get the palsied shakes of the old age. Your, your knees and, and your legs begin to, you walk sort of shakily. It's hard to have a smooth script as you're writing. You know, you can... The keepers of the house are trembling. And the strong men shall bow themselves. You begin to hunch over your back. <laughs> the grinders are your teeth. <laughs> and they cease because they be few. Of course, in those days, they didn't have uh, the spare sets. And those that look out of the windows be darkened. Again, a reference to, to the eyes, the windows of your body, the eye. And, and they, you begin to become blind. And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. And he shall rise up at the voice of the bird and all of the daughters of music shall be brought low. Your hearing gets bad. And, you know, as the singing... You, yeah, what? You know, oh. <laughs> oh, it's great life to look forward to, isn't it? <laughs> you start waking up, you know, early in the morning, the first song of the bird. You don't, you know, you don't sleep so long anymore. You don't need so much sleep. And when they shall be afraid of that which is high, you start getting these fears. And fears shall be in the way. The almond tree shall flourish. 
and the grasshopper will be a burden. Oh, there's a grasshopper. Oh, what shall I do? <laughs> I was visiting a while back in one of the retirement homes, one of our members, and as I was going to leave, as I got to the elevator, I was on the 17th floor, and when I got to the elevator, this little old lady came running up to me. And she said, help, help, help. And I said, what's the matter, ma'am? And she said, there's a man. He came right into my room. I didn't invite him. He came right into my room, and, and, he, and he's still there in my room, and I can't get him out. And I said, well, I'll get him out for you, ma'am, you know. <laughs> she was a little old lady, so I figured it must be a little old man, you know. To handle that. So I went back to her room with her. And we went into her room, and here I was ready to, you know, assume my authority and order the guy out. What are you doing in this room? Uninvited all. And looked around. I said, Well, ma'am, I don't see anybody here. She said, Well, he came flying right in that window there. <laughs> And he landed right there in the sink and was just staring at me for a while, you know. Even a grasshopper can become a burden. <laughs> or a fly. Your desires shall fail. Because man goes to his long home and the mourners will be in the streets. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel be broken at the cistern. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. Come to the end of the road, man. This is it. The mourners are out in the street. The pitcher's been broken at the fountain. It's all over. And what is life? Vanity, vanity. Your body's gone back to dust. Spirit's gone back to God who gave it. And it was just one vast emptiness. That's life apart from God. And if you live apart from God, you will experience the same thing. You can't escape it. There is no real meaning in life apart from God. Apart from serving God, there is nothing worthwhile. Vanity, vanity, all is empty. And moreover, because the assembler preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge, yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The assembler or preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even the words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads, and as nails fastened by the masters of the assemblies, 
which are given from one shepherd. And further, by these, my son, be admonished of making of many books, there is no end. And much study is weariness of the flesh. I used to have that in my room when I was in school. (laughs) Now let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. This is it. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it is good or whether it is evil. This is it. The best way to live is just to fear God, keep his commandments, because one day God is going to bring every work into judgment, even the secret things, whether good or evil. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Ecclesiastes on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Ecclesiastes 10 through 12 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. I pray that the Lord will give you a closer walk with Him, that you'll begin to understand life from the divine perspective, that you'll experience much more than the emptiness of life after the flesh under the sun, but we'll begin to experience the rich fulfillment of life in the sun after the Spirit. So may the hand of the Lord be upon your life this week. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. God is looking for someone that He can use to accomplish His purposes on this earth. The apostles were more than willing to be used by the Lord. So what was it that gave them the certain spiritual characteristics necessary to be used by God and to be a powerful, godly influence to change the world? Well, in a book entitled The Man God Uses, Pastor Chuck Smith brings the scriptures to life as he examines the book of Acts. He reveals the secret to the apostles' boldness, the five essential components of prayer, and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. 
So if you've ever wanted to accomplish more for the kingdom of God and to be an instrument that he can use, then I encourage you to pick up a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, The Man God Uses. To order a copy of this book in print or download a digital copy, please visit thewordfortoday.org or call the word for today at 800-272-9673.